Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would and credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. This podcast is a part of the Podmania Podcasting Network. Check out podmania.co.uk to check out more of our great podcasts, features, reviews, match ratings and previews spanning the crazy and diverse world of professional wrestling. your weekly audio source of all things world wondering stardom right here on the pod mania podcasting network i'm your host rob Gordon, and i'm joined as ever by independent wrestling's matt turner matt how are you i am fantastic it is freezing here in pennsylvania it was a nice crisp seven degrees this morning uh it's actually heated up to 28 so look out for the heat wave but i am fantastic <laughs> how are you today there good sir yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. We just had uh, we just had a big discussion about the fact that Stoke on Trent, which is where I live, is apparently just roadwork central. It's uh, it's ridiculous. It's adding, you know, it's doubling journey time, and it's getting everyone all very very stressed. More stressed than living in Stoke on Trent makes you. Um, but yeah, apart from that, I'm all good. We're on the road to Nagoya Supreme Fight. In fact, when this episode drops on your podcast feeds, um, Nagoya Supreme Fight will have happened because we're recording this on Thursday the 27th. Um, So, yeah, hopefully it was a good show or, oh dear, wasn't that a poor show? Depending. I'm just going to edge my bets there. Um, Obviously, with this podcast dropping after the show, we're not going to bother with predictions because that would make no sense. Plus, if you want to check out our predictions, you can go back into the archives and check out episode 46, where I made the rather outlandish claim that Fucking Death was going to win the Battle Royal. And that's about as contentious as our predictions got, wasn't it, Matt? Yeah, that's that's really about it. Um, I mean, th- these these two shows, you know, again, they were quote-unquote roto shows, house shows. But I think they really set the table for. They made a lot of the, a lot of the matches, especially the title matches, just even that more juicy. Um, so I'm excited to talk about them. Also excited to talk about, as I'm sure everybody saw, I hope they saw, we have a new logo 
um, for the Stardom uh, podcast. And a big shout out to Haley Stokes, who uh, who did the logo for us. And if you take a look, it is uh, the great, the Stardom icon, Mayu Itani, doing a moonsault. And it's uh, it's in her red championship gear, which I thought was a nice touch. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's an absolutely fantastic logo. It's, you know, the entire thing pops. You know, I really like the orange at the back of it. I think, you know, the entire thing just looks really clean. And yeah, so we've got this new logo. And with this new logo, we have got a couple of things in the pipeline. Now, rather than you listening to my voice, I think it's probably wise, seeing as Matt is being an absolute legend, as we say, um, I'd like Matt, go for it. Go and explain to people what we are doing with this new logo. Oh, here's what we're going to do. And um, I know that there's been people that have bought some Stardom Cast merchandise, uh, I believe, on T- uh, Teespring. Do I have that right, Rob? Is that the. We are form indeed. That we're if you want to buy any of our merch, it will be on our merch store, which is in the link in the podcast description. And so, obviously, this fancy new logo is going to be up there as well. Um, you know, pretty soon where you can buy something. And also what we're going to do is we're going to be running a contest. Now this contest is for Patreon listeners only. And obviously we'll iron out the details as uh, time goes on. But basically once all the participants are announced for the Cinderella tournament, uh, Rob, do we know usually the Cinderella tournament is what, March, April? Usually end of March, early April. Yeah. Okay. So once everybody's announced for the Cinderella tournament, so the contest is going to be, again, it's exclusive to Patreon members only. So whether you're in the high-speed tier, the white belt tier, or the red tier, you will qualify for this. So once everybody's announced for the Cinderella tournament, um, you would have to um, direct message me or Rob who your pick is to win the whole tournament. Not only to win, but who the finals are going to be. For example, let's just say it's Azumi and Micah in the finals, and you have Azumi over Micah. So if you send Azumi beats Micah in the finals, and that's what happens, and you're part of the Patreon, I will send you a T-shirt, whatever size you want, to your home at my uh, cost. Whether one person wins or ten people win, that's what I'll do. It'll be the uh, the fancy new Stardom logo. And again, I'll sweeten the pot. If we have 25 or more people that get their picks in before the Cinderella tournament begins and you get it correct, not only will I send you a T-shirt, but I will send you Rob's book as well, either if you want it, the physical copy that I have or the uh, the e-read copy, you know, however you want it. Uh, so, again, if you're on the fence of joining uh, the Patreon for as little as a dollar a month, which comes out to $12 a year, which you probably spend 10 times as much that on Starbucks, um, you can uh, you can get your vote in. So, again, we're going to hammer out the details. But, uh, yeah, so, you know, another reason to join the join the Patreon, because you have your say. And if you can predict the winner of this Cinderella tournament, uh, the, you know, the, the two finalists and the winner, you'll get a T-shirt. And if we get 25 or more people um, on the Patreon that give us their predictions, you will all, not only win the T-shirt, but you will win a book as well. And again, whether it's one people or all 25 people or say there's 50 people and 40 of them pick, this is what's going to happen. That's what happens. I'm going to shell out a lot of money. But that's what I want to do because, one, I think it's fun, too. I think it's worth it. And, three, I think it's really important to me and to Rob to uh, be very interactive with the fans on the podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. One thing that, you know, I wanted to make really clear when we started this Patreon was that, you know, we interact with you as much as is humanly possible. Um, It's the same with the Twitter as well and things like that. I can't believe I've just called it the Twitter, but never mind. Um, You know, we want to interact with you as much as is humanly possible. We've got some ideas in regard to the Five Star Grand Prix as well. So, you know, stuff, interactive stuff like that. And again, Matt, absolute 
hero for doing this. The prizes and everything are all at his expense. So honestly, absolutely amazing. And just talking about the Patreon, obviously I want to shout out our patrons, Joseph Usher, Rob Jones, Niagara Driver, John Owen, Velkage Bracker, Tom, Ed BC, Brandon Neal, Steve Clark, Emerson Stone, Alex Tremaine, Adam Pritchard, IWEP Network, Mike, and our newest patron, Spike SP. Thank you so much to everyone who has subscribed to our patron. Now, just a little bit of news in regards to um, some of the benefits to the red tier. Obviously, the stickers that you get as part of pay, um, donating $5 a month, thank you so much. We were waiting for the new logo to come out. So those stickers, I believe they come out in March I believe so. With the March sort of payment, you will then get your stickers, or that's what I've been informed of anyway. Um, in terms of the watch-alongs, the um, sort of uh, live meet and things like that, where we're going to do you know, your, your choice of pay-per-view or your choice of match or your choice of series of matches, and then you can interact and stuff with us, or basically our hangout. Um, the way that I was going to do it doesn't work properly on Patreon. So... Um, me and Matt are going to talk about it once we've stopped recording this, and then once we've sorted something out, ironed everything out, um, we'll let you all know on Patreon. Um, and final thing, just remember that the quarterly Q&A, that is coming up at the end of March. So if you want to get some questions into Matt, maybe who his favourite opponent is, or the worst finisher he's ever taken, or anything like that, what it's like to take a Momo-style kick to the back, something like that, or even if it's what is your favourite type of cheese, ask him anything. Um, but yeah, Matt, unless you've got anything else to say, I think it's time we dive straight into the news. Up in there, good sir. So this first bit, it's not really news, I'll be perfectly honest, but this comes courtesy of our great friend and our patron, Armani Shoe Exchange. Um, and the Shoe Pro final awards have come out. And I know these are sort of laughed at a little bit, same as the Tokyo Sport Awards, really. Um, but... These are fan-voted awards, and I just wanted to give you some of the stardom entries in this list. And again, Armani Shoe Exchange, um, at Armani Shoe Exchange, um, fantastic work, collated all the um, lists and even done some stats analysis. So it's interesting to know where the different promotions are in the uh, in the Japanese sort of, um, well, culture, which ones they like the most. So... At number four is our first entry, and that is Tam Nakano. Starlight Kid is at seven. Yunagi Sayaka is at ten. Uh, sorry, nine. Mina Shirakawa is at ten. Mayu is at twelve. Yutami at fourteen. Julia at fifteen. Sixteen is Suri. Um, Twenty is Natsupoi. That should make our Discord very happy. Uh, Twenty-three is Azumi. Twenty-four is Micah. Twenty-six is Sayaka Kamatani. Um, 33 is Himika, uh, 39, Momo Watanabe, number 43, Saki Kashima, um, and then to wrap it up, I think that is it. That is it, in fact. So not only that, and not only is there 15 members of the Stardom roster in the top 50, which is excellent in itself, um, it's interesting to note that Armani Shoe Exchange actually goes on to say that... That is the highest amount of wrestlers joint with New Japan of any 
company. So in that list of 50, it's made up of the following. New Japan at 15, Stardom at 15. Noah and Tokyo Joshi Pro are both at 7. And then Freelancers, there's two of them. And then at one entry each is Dragon Gate, All Japan, Ice Ribbon, and Freedoms. That is 11 more wrestlers on the Stardom side than appeared last year in the Shoe Pro Top 50 compared to last year, like I say. Now, that's amazing and speaks volumes, Matt, at just how popular stardom is at the moment. Yeah, we talk about growth. I mean, we talk about growth and it's just, again, a year ago at this time, I only knew a little bit about stardom and here I am, uh, you know, with you doing a podcast and absolutely loving watching everything I've seen on stardom. Uh, So, Obviously, they're trending in the right direction. You know, we're, we live in a world where we're on a day-to-day basis. We don't know what's going on outside. We don't know what's going on in the, the real world. So it's like some people are afraid to go to shows or afraid to, you know, uh, maybe try something different. But with Stardom, it seems to be like, you know, the, the kind of the cool new kid in class. And it's been there for a long time if you go back through the archives. But, yeah, the key word here is growth, you know, onward and upward, you know, for them, not only in the Japanese scene, but the American scene, you know, as well. And I'm sure with uh, – you and your friends over there in the UK. So stardom is obviously, uh, and again, you take a look at the talent pool. It's all people that are young and they're bringing in fresh faces and fresh matchups. So it's very interesting to see, you know, what's going to happen, you know, throughout this year and years to come. Just on the back of that, um, Nozaki support account at TWF87 on Twitter, they listed the Joshi Grand Prix results from the same Pardon me, reader poll, the 2021 Shupro uh, results. Um, this was won by Julia in 2020. These is the top 10 uh, for the workers. So number one is Yutami Hayashishita. Number two, Tam Nakano. Number three, Siori. Um, then we've got number five, Starlight Kid. So four entrants in the top 10. Um, and then we've got, um, in terms of units, best unit, Cosmic Angels won the best unit. Donna Del Mondo came in fourth. Oedetai came in sixth. And then it was uh, Magical Sugar Rabbits, who I believe are Tokyo Cyber... Uh, Tokyo Cyber Squad. Tokyo Joshi Pro Wrestling. I believe they're in ninth. Um, the best rookie... I know many in our Discord and yourself, Matt, will be devastated to learn that Lady C was not in the top 10. Uh, it was won by Yuki Arai, who is from Tokyo Joshi Pro. So from the workers, the um, units, and obviously the rookie, is there any huge surprises that stick out to you, obviously apart from the fact that Lady C is uh, conspicuous by her absence? No, I guess maybe just the only kind of interesting thing, though, it's just... It's crazy how much a year difference can make because I think just about anybody that follows stardom would say, you know, almost in a unanimous decision that Mayu Itani was the MVP of 2020. And not saying she didn't have a bad, you know, 2021. I mean, it's Mayu. She's great. But look at all the people that were ahead of her. And, you know, kind of rightfully so. You know, Yutami, uh, Siri, Yutam. Who knows what happened with Julia if she didn't get hurt. And Julia's, since she's been back, she's been on fire. So it just goes to show you how much the uh, the top tier has really, really raised their game. And that just makes it for fun competitive. Um, but no, nothing other than the Lady C thing, which, you know, you had to mention it, so I'm going to cry over here in the corner. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, all that stuff is is kind of well. You know, I, we were talking back in November, beginning of December, that Utami was clearly the MVP, you know, of stardom. And then a lot of people were voting Sherry. And then you break it down, you're just like, 
wow, we had Utami as an MV, you know, as a landslide, but a lot of people were making a case for just, you know, how good, you know, Sherry's 2021 was. So there's just the top of the card and even the middle of the card is so strong in stardom. And it's so exciting to see what, uh, what what's going to happen moving forward. Absolutely. I mean, thinking about the five-star Grand Prix, obviously at the moment we're at 10-person blocks. Um, and you think that there isn't, a, aside from maybe Ruaka, um, there's no one massively that you would drop from those 20 next year's five-star. However, yeah, since that, last yeah. five-star, you've got Tora returning from injury. You have got Mirai, Tekla, Mei Sakurai, um, Waka Tsukiyama, who've all joined, okay? I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see Waka and Mei, but I'd be very, very surprised if we don't see Mirai and Tekla. Tora will definitely come back in. Um, you've also got Saya Ida, who is going to be returning from injury as well. So that's potentially five people to join that five-star Grand Prix field next year. Well, this year even. I mean, you talk about a loaded roster. It would be, and then of course they're alluding to new rookies and Momokogo. Momokogo. I mean, I, I think she's a way off the five-star, but she'll definitely be in contention the next year. I mean, you know. No, we'll talk about it here because I've, it's very interesting in how she's being booked only only one day in. So, <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Maybe maybe she's the winner. Maybe she's the closet winner. Shock us all. Do a Raymaker shock. The Kogo shock. Um, but honestly, that's that's astonishing. Like the depth that they have gone to. Now, obviously, I'm not advocating that they expand the brackets. I think ten is the perfect number, um, especially when you look at how good the five star Grand Prix was in 2021. But, I mean, you could potentially drop Fukikin Death. I mean, Fukikin Death wasn't in last year anyway. She was just a replacement for Tora. But then you've got to have Sayurida in there. Of course, we've forgotten Hazuki. Oh, yeah, she wasn't there last year. That's right, because she came back after. She came back partway through the tournament. So, yeah, I I do not envy the stardom higher-ups in how and who they are going to book in this five-star. Because, I mean, obviously you've got Konami who's left. So say Konami is replaced by Hazuki. That's still those five people. Not, not only that, but not to make your uh, the pool here even even a little more full, is you still have possibly Kerry Hojo. You have Tony Storm. And then who knows if Konami comes back? Jesus so like, Christ! Um, yeah, I know you said you weren't a fan of expanding it, but you might have to go twelve and twelve, or uh, yeah, six and six to make it twelve or even four. I don't know. I obviously that's a ways away. So it's like, geez, yeah, you're you're absolutely right. <laughs> like, and not only that, but where do you go from there? You're gonna have kind of like how the G1's been, where it's like the first two matches you get like 10, 12 minutes, and then the last two matches you're given, you know, close to 20 minutes. But at the same time, I mean, maybe that's what you do, and you just have, you know, five or six matches where it's kind of, uh, you know, all, all, all killer, no filler. So I don't know. Uh, it's definitely an exciting time to be a Stardom fan, but it's like maybe it's something where they sit the roster down a month from now and be like, here's what we're doing for the five-star, only you know 10 or 12 people are getting in, so we're only taking 10 or 12 of the best. Uh, and... Uh, <laughs> And that's that, you know, make sure, hey, be on your game. Good luck. I mean, I'm a huge advocate of qualifying matches. I mean, I'm a huge advocate of qualifying matches, whether it be for the Royal Rumble, the Money in the Bank ladder match, you know, the five-star, the G1. I think, you know, you should be made to prove yourself. And maybe that's the route they'll go down for someone like a May Sakurai or a Waka, you know, and Lady C, 
right, prove yourself. See if you can beat these people. Have them face off with Tekla, Mirai, um, Hazuki even, you know, and then have them, the winners go into the five-star, the losers. Sorry, bad luck next time. Work wonders for Yoshihashi. So why not do it here? You know, make it the pinnacle of stardom. You know, you have got to fight to get into this tournament. Um, it's certainly a way of making those that get in look extremely strong. So I'm I'm an advocate for that. Whether they do that, I don't know. Obviously, we'll find out close to the time. We're only in January, so it doesn't happen until July. Um, let's kick straight into these two dates then. These are the 22, 22nd and 23rd of January 2022. We'll start off with the Stardom Matsumoto Day Clinic 15th anniversary from the 22nd of January from the Trez Gymnasium in Kochi with an attendance of 304 people. This is the first time Stardom have ever run that venue and indeed have ever run the prefecture of Kochi. So again, lovely bit of expanding. Um, We started with singles match, Saki Kashima defeating Wakasukiyama with my emblem in five minutes and 33 seconds. This is apparently, Matt, the first of three matches the pair are going to have. I'm sure it's a trilogy that will be on par with Flair, Steamboat, Rock Austin, and Okada Omega. Um, but <laughs> there's literally nothing to talk about in this match, aside from Waka's customary volume of roll-ups. Yeah, that's what I put. And Waka looked, she looked like she was in really good shape, if you notice. Like, her stomach looked caught and her shoulders looked like they were a little bit more uh, firm. So she's definitely been working out. So that's always a plus on me. If you're putting more work into the gym and trying to better yourself in either, you know, your look or your promos or, uh, you know, your your in-ring work, you're always going to get a thumbs up from me. But, yeah, other than that, and Waka has really good inside cradles. I mean, she does, like, four or five in a row. And by, like, the first two you don't bite on, you're like, maybe she's going to get her. Maybe she's going to get her. And, like, I kind of bit on, like, the last two. But, uh, yeah, it was it was a good little start, and they're going to do a trilogy of matches. Um, you know, maybe it's just something for them to get in-ring work in and maybe kind of further their character. But by no means I think it was terrible, but by no means should anybody go out of their way to see it. So they worked hard. So good on them. Yes, yeah, certainly. Um, we moved on then, match two, a three-way Kagama defeating Yunagi Sayaka and May Sakurai with a side roll-up in eight minutes and one second. Now, this initially was meant to be a singles match between Yunagi and Himika, but Himika is at neither of these shows. Um, it's not been made abundantly clear why she was missing. Um, a few theories being banded about, but it was said that it was due to poor personal health. So hopefully she'll be up and running by... Um, Nagoya Supreme fight. Um, obviously, we hope she recovers. Most importantly, look after yourself. Um, but it's a shame that she's not on this card. And obviously, that changed this card. It also changed the six-woman tag, the DDM six-woman tag. That just became a tag team match with Tekla being bumped down the card. Um, but this, again, a three-way match now. May's unimpressed as Kagama has apparently stolen some of a costume while Yunagi promises to take home some bear stew, which is quite the escalation, Matt. Uh, what did you think about this one? I was kind of just there. Uh, we were talking about how good May has been since she kind of changed her gear, went to the red gear. She's been improving, and she just completely 180 it on this match. Her strikes, you know, from somebody who likes to lay their stuff in, who, you know, obviously hit hard and safe places, who doesn't like to see, you know, uh, any holes in any games. Like, don't, you know, show the magic trick. Don't, you know, you're in there to simulate a fight. 
and I thought her strikes were just beyond awful. I literally just I just felt so bad for her because I just like everybody in stardom, and she's been improving so much over the last two months. I literally kind of had to look look my head away because I thought her strikes were just so weak, which uh, was completely different the next day, which we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, there really wasn't much to this match. It just I was just a little disappointed on uh, you know for how well May has improved the last two or three months that she did not look good here at all. No, it's something that I noted as well. And I must admit, it works well into the story that she tells with Tamon in the second show. But here, it was really, really apparent, especially in the volley of exchanges she had with Yunagi, where Yunagi, whose who strikes have been terrible previously. Um, you know, last year, some of the strikes she threw were awful. But here, you know, very, very stiff strikes, which is unfortunately highlights just how poor Mays were. Um, I still can't get over how disjointed the two parts of Kogama's theme are. Like, the intro is so, like, dark and scary, and then it becomes suddenly this Japanese video game. It's it's bizarre, proper, proper um, unnerving. Um, they have a weird little game of what time is it, Miss Bear? And then that's the end of anything that is really interesting. Quite a cool finish where... Kogama rolls May up as Yunagi is trying to get off the top rope. That was fairly entertaining. But aside from that, there's, again, same as the first match, absolutely nothing to go out of your way for here. Um, match three then, tag team match. The Stars team of Hazuki and Maiwiratani defeated the Cosmic Angels team of Tam Nakano and Mina Shirakawa with Hazuki rolling up Mina with the Hazuki Stral in 12 minutes. Now, I know, Matt, that you were a big fan of the opening promo of this match. Yeah, where Tam and Mina said they were going to swallow up people whole. Yes. <laughs> I just think the Cosmic Angels promo, again, I, you know, I grew up in the era of the Jake the Snakes, the Roddy Pipers, the Dusty Rhodes. You had all these great promos. And Stardom's weakest point, to, in my opinion, and some people agree, is their promos. And, uh, you know, maybe it's just I just don't understand the Japanese promos. But, I mean, it is what it is. But the more times you do them, the better you get at them. And I just think the Cosmic Angels are the best at them. I just thought that was absolutely hilarious. I think I texted you and I was like, hey, man, you got you to gotta see this. This is, <laughs> this is great. But as great as the promos was, the match was even better. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed this match. Yeah, absolutely. I think Tam was trying to be serious when she said, today the bright red magma of Tam's passion will swallow up Mayu Iwatani. I think she was trying to be quite serious, and then Mina completely sort of subverted by just going, open wide, open wide, I want to swallow her whole too, and just made it really weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> completely took know. any edge off it. I'm not sure if that was a G-rated promo or an X-rated promo. <laughs> I just don't, I guess it all depends on how, how you look at it. I thought that was pretty weird, but obviously, you know, I I love Tam. She's the best. But this this match is a really great flow from the match. Everybody looked good. Uh, the main portion, the main selling of this match was Mayu uh, and Tam, and rightfully so. Mm-hmm. You know, as uh, at the end of the at the end of the week, they do have the big three way with the winners advancing to a, a future title match. And it was a nice finishing stretch. Everybody looked really good. Obviously, Mayu and Hazuki work really well together. Tam's tag work uh, in the last few months has been really excellent. I mean, Tam with Mina has been really good. And Tam and Yunagi is really good as well. So that's why I kind of just going to volley up this question to you, Rob. Which team do you like better? The team of Tam and uh, Mina, the Dream H team, or the ta- the team of uh, Tam and Yunagi? Ooh. Um, I must admit, Mina's come on leaps and bounds recently. Um, but I, I do like the team of Yunagi and Tam. I don't know why. There's just I don't know whether they just have similar energy. Um, but 
I mean, I like both teams. I don't dis- I don't dislike either either pairing, but I think for personal taste and the way they work together in ring, I think I prefer Unagi and Tam. Just what about you? I'm again. I'm. It's a sliver. It's a sliver. I like Tam and Mina just a little bit better, but a month from now it can change. And I, I do kind. Of, I, I think maybe the reason why I give the edge to them is uh, they do the ro- uh, the rolling elbow super kick spot, like sandwich spot, and that's something that me and my tag partner do. He throws like the the high the high kick, and I throw the rolling rolling elbow. And I was like, oh, it's like that's kind of similar to what we do. So I think I give the edge on that, and then plus just the, this promo beforehand, I think kind of cements it for me for for now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will always stand by the fact that Mayu does the best desperation exhaustion super kick, and she absolutely wipes Tam out with this one. Um, there's the we've seen it quite a bit over over the last couple of months, but the kick reversal spot that um, sorry the kick reversal sequence that Mayu and Tam do, but this match it just seems so quick and so clean, and it seemed to just be better than any time we'd seen it before. And the match built to a fantastic crescendo. Now I'm a huge Mayu fan, as anyone that listens to his podcast regularly knows, but Tam was on absolute fire in this match. I thought she was fantastic and was the focal point for everything that happened in this match. I did love the fact that Mina and Tam briefly held hands as a tag. I thought that was quite nice, sort of symbolising that friendship. Um, And then, of course, before the finish, we had a great closing sequence between Hazuki and Mina. It's one of the few matches I've actually rated from these two shows. I gave it three and a half. It's, It's a good, fun watch. Me and you both. I was ready to say that. That's I, I gave it three and a half, and as usual, we're always either spot on or a half a star on. But yeah, it was really good. And just going back to what you talked about with Mayu, what they're selling, and I know me and you text uh, back and forth quite a bit. As far as like what I, you know, baby face selling and underneath selling and exhaustion selling, I think Mayu is like two or three in the world. Like you know, I, mm. Ricky Morton's Ricky Morton's still wrestling, so it's like you still got it. He's still cemented in that number one spot, <laughs> and then I have like. Tanahashi as number two, and then Mayu is probably like three or four, like mm. just overall in the world. Like she is such a great, like uh, you know, exhausted babyface seller. And uh, you know, one of one of my you know, kind of going off topic for two seconds. So one of my favorite things of her selling, and it might not even bet her selling, is her red belt defense against Shashiri after she wins. She cuts the promo and then she stumbles into the trophy. Yeah, and I don't know if that <laughs> I don't know if that was on purpose, and I don't know if that was selling. But like, if I ever hung out with Mayu and she's just like. Oh, so and she brought it up. I would like cover my ears. I'm like, I just don't want to know. I don't want to know how you know how the sausage is made <laughs> on that one. I kind of just want to leave that to my imagination. You know, I just thought that was that is so good. It's just like I don't know if it's Mayu being a clutch or she's exhausted. Like, was it supposed to happen? I don't know, but Mayu's just the best. She Every, really is. Everything I've heard, read, seen about Mayu tells me that she's a clutch. I mean, <laughs> you look at Ria Goku in December. She fell over the bloody stage lighting. Um, so yeah, she's, it would not surprise me at all if all of this is just her shoot clumsiness. I mean, she turned up to the wrong city, didn't she? The other day, the other week, she turned up to Sapporo instead of somewhere. I'm sure she turned up to the wrong place, the wrong hotel. Um, when Jim Cornette did that, when I was working in Ring of Honor, it was was somewhere in Maryland. My my buddies, Jeff Schwartz and Shane Hagedorn over at an honorable pod. Those guys are the best. They talk about it all the time, and I forget which venue it was. It's when I first first started, but he showed up in the wrong venue in Maryland. <laughs> <laughs> and with my limited knowledge of Jim Cornette, I can imagine how exploitive so filled his rant. Wow. <laughs> this podcast gets better and better. 
<laughs> um, let's yeah, move on. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. Um, match four then. The semi-main from this year was the tag team match with Aphrodite defeating the Donna Del Mondo team of Micah and Siori when Saya got her revenge on Micah with a star crusher in 13 minutes and 51 seconds. Uh, Matt, your opinion on this one? Uh, this is really good. Of course, you get some nice exchanges between you, Tommy and Siri. You know, hopefully they run that back sometime this year, uh, whether it's for the title, not for the title, or in the five-star. Um, but, yeah, they kind of teased that a little bit. Uh, you, Tommy, I talked about it last week, about maybe she might want to change her finisher or win a couple more matches with her German suplex. But she had a beautiful uh, German suplex on uh, on Micah. I mean, it was it was, it was was beautiful. It was time perfect. It's in the match where it needed to be. And I really enjoyed the finish because – Saya had to hit two Star Crashers uh, to get the win. She hit the one on uh, Micah that uh, Siri broke up and then uh, basically just kind of went right back to it. And I kind of like that because it's like, well, I had the win here if it didn't get broken up. And then Yutami takes Siri out. It's like, well, she's still down. Let me try that move again. And then she hit it and she got the pin. So I thought that was cool going to the well twice, um, you know, to, to pick up the win. And yeah, she and she gets her win back. So And these two have phenomenal chemistry. So uh, I know we talked about it last week. I hope this leads to a nice, you know, maybe 15 or 17 minute white belt match somewhere down the road in the near future. But I thought this was uh, was really solid. Excellent work by all four women. It it wouldn't surprise me. Obviously, Saya has just pinned Micah. Um, I think if we'd have come out of this match, obviously Micah had the pinfall win over uh, over Saya um, a couple of weeks ago. But I think obviously with Saya getting a win back here. I think she's going to have one more white belt defense at uh, Cinderella Journey in February in Nagata, and then it wouldn't surprise me if this is one of the matches on that on that world climax card. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if Mike takes the belt off her. Um, but it's it's a match that every time I've seen Micah and Saya Kamatani together, they have great chemistry. And then obviously you throw in all the history with Utami and Suri. It was a good match. Obviously nothing. You know, we're not talking four stars or anything like that, but it was still a very, very, very good match. Um, and it set up possibilities further down the road, which I'm very excited about. Um, and then we move on to the main event, match five, six-woman tag team match. DDM team of Julia, Tekla and Marai defeated the Oedetai team of Momo, Starlight Kid and Ruaka with the Stealth Viper in 19 minutes and 52 seconds. I have something to get off my chest. So... On the face of it, the Black Peach is a badass moniker to go under. But in reality, a Black Peach is just a mouldy peach, which doesn't sound anywhere near as cool. And I can't get that out of my head. Now, I know the symbolism is the rotting of Momo, you know, rotten peach, but mouldy peach? That's all I can get. It's kind of ruined it for me now, Matt. Am I just thinking too much about it? I think you are, but you know what happened two days from now, I'll text you, and I'll be like, yeah, you ruined it for me, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome, my friend. Um, I'll be honest, mate, I wasn't completely enamoured with this match at all. Tell you what, well, first of all, we have Starlight Kid in the match, who, uh, I, I don't know, maybe she's a friend of the pod now, you know, give us a little <laughs> love there, so... Um, the match started out really well with Momo, and uh, Julia just basically, you know, Stiffing the heck out of each other again, hitting hard and safe spots. I uh, love that. Um, that was really good. And you know, we talked about last week about Tekla um, with the her toxic spider spear. 
And I told, I was, you know, said about, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to get off my soapbox here real fast, but I talked about how I didn't like it because you kind of can see the move coming from a mile away and it doesn't make sense. And then you said, well, Starlight Kid took it the best. And I was trying to jog it in my head. I'm like, I don't remember it. And then Starlight Kid took it perfect here. It was absolutely perfect. She ducked the clothesline, Starlight Kid hit the ropes, spun around. And by the time she spun around, Tekla was right there. So maybe it wasn't, I was, I, I was bagging on Tekla saying, you know, she should maybe, you know, tighten up the move a little bit, but maybe it's the people taking it. And maybe she should maybe smarten them up a little bit where they literally should just watch that clip of the way that Starlight Kid took it. She ducked the clothesline. She hit the ropes. Her momentum brought her back. By the time she turned around, the spear was there. It was absolutely perfect. So, again, hashtag Rob Goodwin was right again. Last week he got right that uh, Micah was going to turn into a bear. This way, <laughs> this past week he was right about how Starlight Kid takes every move right and they're making this cool move look even better. So, uh, yeah, again, it, it, I mean, this match was good, but as far as main event goes, uh, I understand they're trying to push the DDM again. You know, Momo, they're, they're pushing her. But to me, the best match on the show was the uh, the Stars versus Cosmic Angels tag match, you know, pretty much by far. But I see what they're trying to do with them. I mean, they're really pushing DDM, uh, you know, pretty, pretty big here, especially Julia. So maybe your prediction is right that Julia is going to be one of the one of the ones that gets a title shot coming up here in the near future. But yeah, by no means was it bad. But for main event, I thought maybe it could have been just a little bit better. I mean, there's po- there, there are positives to come out of this. I mean, we we ragged on Tekla's selling. Pardon me, or her inconsistent selling last week. I actually thought her selling was far better in this match than it has been. Um, her and Starlight Kid have excellent chemistry, and I want to see her in the high-speed division. I think she'd put on really, really good five, six, seven-minute matches, especially against the likes of Starlight Kid. Um, Starlight Kid, you've already mentioned it. Starlight Kid sells a toxic spider spear better than anyone else. Um, there was a moment where the new MK sisters, as you put it last week, um, they had a double running knees. That looked brilliant on Tackler. Um, but it was an inconsistent match for Mirai. Um, you know, on the one hand, she threw an absolutely outstanding clothesline into Momo Watanabe. But then, you know, on the same hand, she struggled to deadlift Starlight Kid. Now, I'm not saying that I could do it. I sometimes struggle to deadlift my own shopping. But... <sighs> If you're trying to build Mariah as this powerhouse wrestler, having her not be able to ha- deadlift one of the high-speed opponents, I don't know, it, it looked pretty sloppy. Um, and then she almost dropped Ruwaka on her damn head again. So it, it Oh, was, yeah, that was, that was brutal. She almost killed a child. Ooh, that was brutal. Yeah, it's it was sort of a belly-to-belly suplex, and it was just... I, just don't, I don't think Ruwaka um rotated and I don't think Mirai got enough elevation. I don't know whether there was just not enough grip or it it looked very, very messy. It Mirai considerably better on uh in the next night, but I thought this it wasn't the greatest going into it. And just it felt it felt pretty slow this match, to be perfectly yeah. honest. Um I think nineteen minutes was a bit far, you know, almost twenty minutes was a bit far for this match. Um, but yeah, one thing I will say, yes, they are building DDM extremely strongly, which is obviously, you know, what they should be doing, but all three members of DDM put over Momo Watanabe before the match. And I thought that was really, really, really important. So uh, yeah, again, if you're going to go out of your way to watch a match from this show, as Matt mentioned, make sure it's the stars versus cosmic angels one. Yeah, and just to kind of end uh, the last match on kind of a, a more of a thumbs up. Yeah, you mentioned it before. We 
Tekla selling was much better here, and it kind of had to be. It looked like she she was early on. You can kind of tell she was taking the heat in the match, and if you're not selling during the heat, the hot tag's not going to mean anything. So like maybe 30 seconds into taking the heat, she uh, she was selling. I think for I think it might have been for Starlight Kid, and then Momo got tagged in, and then Momo snapped near her, and I'm like, well, you know it's coming next. So you know she's going to be selling one way or another. So she sold really good for Momo as anyone should. Uh, and I thought the Momo Mirai stuff that they had a little bit of uh, an exchange there. And I was really intrigued that maybe somewhere down the road we get a nice 10, 12 minute uh, Momo Mirai match because that'll be uh, that'll be a, a little 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 on the snug side. A lot of uh, a lot of potatoes might be thrown in that match. Absolutely. Um, let's move on then to the second show over this weekend, which was the Stardom 11th launching anniversary, the 23rd of January 2022, from the Edian Arena Osaka 2 in Osaka, Japan. Um, an attendance of 411 people. Uh, this was higher than any of the 11 2021 shows Stardom ran at the venue, with the previous highest being 405 on August 8th and far above 2021's average at the venue of 314. I'm a numbers nerd. Um, we opened with a singles match and a debut match with Yunagi Sayaka defeating the debuting Momokogo with the mad splash in 9 minutes and 30 seconds. So, Matt, compared to Mei Sakurai, compared to Wakasukiyama, what is your opinion of this debut? Well, again, I know nothing about Momo Kogo, so I was pretty interested, you know, to see. Um, she comes out right away, and I look for intang- intangibles because obviously she's young. She's going to be in Stardom for a while. You obviously have room to get to get clearly better. Uh, as soon as she comes out, she connects with the crowd. I mean, everybody's you know clapping. Uh, some people are you know kind of giving her a standing ovation. So it's like you can kind of tell the way she works the crowd on just on her entrance alone. I'm like, okay, she has presence. She's connecting with the crowd early. You know, that's good. She has um, timing. She has really good timing for someone who's only been wrestling, not, uh, not has been wrestling that long. And that's two things I talked about, you know, be able to connect with the crowd and be able to have good timing in the ring. That's something that you really can't teach. So those are two big intangibles she has early. Now, the parts that she really wasn't too good at that she can obviously learn and pick up is her ring positioning. She was off on a couple things. I think they did like a sunset flip spot. She should have been more in the middle to feed to, towards Yunagi. A couple little things there. Her strikes really weren't that good. Again, I'm big on hard-hitting striking. Um, they didn't get better until Yunagi was really laying her strikes in. And I think it was almost like, look, I'm hitting you this hard. If I'm in a fight, if you're in a bar fight with someone and they deck you really hard once or twice and you're still up standing, you better be able to throw back. And I think that's uh, she started to get a little bit better towards there. Um, and her selling was good, too. A lot of times you get people that are newer um, you know, they're green for uh, lack of a better term. And you'll see somebody, they'll take a bump. And when they'll sell, they'll sell like getting up and they're selling to the mat where it's like, no, you, the mat's not buying a ticket. The mat's not buying your t-shirt. The mat's not the one subscribing to stardom world. You need to sell to the people. So she got that right away. Anytime she was on the cell, she's clearly looking into the, you know, into the first row to try to get the people, uh, to, you know, to, to bring them in so she can get sympathy. And she was able to get that. So I thought the things that, she was good at, she was really good at early on, and the things that she wasn't good at are all things that she can learn and I think will probably pick up. So I'm I'm very interested to see uh, where she goes in the next 6 to 12 months here. Yeah, you, you've hit on quite a lot of the things that I was going to say. Yeah, 
it goes out saying that she looks green, but she's got, you know, less less than one year of ring experience. But she has that raw emotion. We talked about, and I hate to keep doing this, but we talked about May Sakurai and how she was very much like an actor trying to learn her lines. Like, you could very much see May going through the match structure in her head and just making sure she got her moves in. And whilst that meant she was doing the moves, it also meant that she wasn't connecting with the crowd, and Momo didn't have that problem. Yes, she looked a little bit greener. Yes, her arms, you know, her forearms weren't great, but credit where credit's due, she connected with the audience straight away, and the audience bought into her being this baby face in peril, um, which is really, really important. And she had that passion as well. You know, we've had wrestlers where they will take moves and it will just be, you know, I've taken a move. Whereas you could see she's starting to add emotion into her selling, which is which is perfect and which is why the audience bought so hard into it. She's trying stuff like springboard drop kicks. I mean, you know, absolutely fair play to her for trying to incorporate stuff like that into her arsenal. Um, yeah, overall... It's a promising debut, yeah, as you mentioned, um, there's certain kinks to be worked out. Obviously, I wouldn't be picking up on the subtle things that you picked up on, but I think credit where credit is due, she did a good job here. And, you know, Yunagi needs um, praising as well for helping her to get through that match. Um, speaking of Yunagi post-match, she says that she can see Kogo's passion for stardom, but says that she definitely won't be joining Cosmic Angels, which... Kogo says, that's fine, I didn't want to join anyway, which Yunagi doesn't expect, which has the audience in hysterics, because she's just like, oh, what, actually, you actually don't want to join? And she's like, no, no, I'm good. Like, really? Yeah, no, still don't want to join. And Tam Nakano's wetting herself at um, ringside. I was like, wait, I thought, it looked to me, and I could be reading this wrong, (laughs) Tam's facials were like, I think I kind of wanted her to join, but you're already <laughs> burying her. Like, what are you doing? That's how I kind of picked up on it. I just thought, I Tam's, Tam's just the, I'd say my was the best. And she, you know, Tam's the best. They're all the best. But it's like, it's just like, wait a minute. I was thinking about having her join and maybe like, hey, if you win two or three matches, you know, maybe we'll give you the offer. But you know, he's like, no, you're not joining. And it's just like, yeah, I don't want to join anyway. So Tam's like, well, screw this, screw, screw this, you know? <laughs> It probably made me laugh. I think Yunagi's got fantastic comic timing. Um, so, yeah, obviously, I put in my notes here, I wonder where Momo Kogo will go, and then we find out within, like, an hour, so I'm not going to bother. <laughs> we move well, on. Well, well, hold on, hold on. Go on. How about what happened right afterwards where she, she carried her out? Did you did you see that? I didn't. I must have missed that. Okay, okay, okay. So she carried, so she's like, okay, fine, you know, fair play, whatever. You, you don't want to join, no problem, but you're in stardom. So Yunagi picks her up and she puts her arm around her like she's hurt and she t- goes to take her to the back and Tam is a couple feet in front of them. So as they get to like where the uh, entrance is, like the curtain, uh, Yunagi just like drops her, like just like drops her and pushes her, push, pushes her over. And then Tam walks over to her and, and she hits her with, I guess, like a shirt or something. And then they walk off. <laughs> that was hilarious. It's like, OK, you don't want to join. No problem. Let me help you back. And they get right to the curtain. She pushes her and then Tam just hits her with a shirt. <laughs> I missed all of that. I'm gutted. I'm going to have to go back and watch that now. That was brilliant. Um, yeah, we moved on then to a three-way match. Uh, Tekla defeating Minishirokawa and Waka Tsukiyama with the bridging O'Connor roll in 8 minutes and 29 seconds. Um, genuinely, the death metal choral screams of Tekla during her opening theme really tickle me. I think it, it just suits her character down to the ground. Um what did you think of this match? 
solid work. They all worked hard. Um, it's basically this was just a, a a bridge for Mina versus Tekla. And I'm a little bit more, you know, we talked about it last week, how we, me and you weren't really on board for the match. But I'm a little bit more on board for it now. Uh, I think everything they did here kind of worked here. And I think like this match, it's just going to look different. It's going to be completely different from anything else on the card on the 29th. And, you know, it, it'll stand out just because it's going to be different. They kind of have a different chemistry, you know, going in with a sexy spider versus the toxic spider. So I'm a little bit more on board um, with this match coming up on the 29th. Uh, th- now than I was last week. So again, it was solid work. It did what it needed to do. Obviously, we kind of figured Tekla was going to pin uh, Waka. So this way, it kind of looks like well, it was two Cosmic Angels versus one member of DDM, and the the one beat the two. So nice little shot in the arm for Tekla here. Yeah, absolutely. I thought she looked great here, and I, I saw her. I saw a a comparison on Stardom on sorry on Twitter, and it got me thinking. Like someone said, oh, she's the first real, you know outright comedic wrestler since um, Natsu Sumire. And whilst there's certainly a hole for that comedic wrestler, I don't want to see Tekla pigeonholed in that comic role. And I definitely think there's a place for it. And I'm completely on board with you, Matt. The the partnership that, and the relationship that Mina and, or should I call her, Boobsan, um, and Tekla have, I think it's going to be a good match. It's going to be completely different, like you mentioned, but it's going to be good. And maybe there is room on the roster for that comic rest. I just, I, over those first couple of shows, I don't think that translated very well. Um, you know, her selling in the serious match the night before was very good. Obviously, it wasn't quite as good here, but, you know, it was a comic throwaway match. So I'm not expecting, you know, Hiroshi Tanahashi levels of selling. Um, overall, this was fine. Um, it built up to that SWA match, which, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm certainly more optimistic about that match than I was signing off last week's podcast. So, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see. Match three then saw the tag team match with Aphrodite defeating the Uida tag team of Saki Kashima and the returning Fukukin Death with the Star Crusher in seven minutes and thirty-seven seconds. Big fan of how this was tied around Saya knowing the identity of that person for Nagoya with <laughs> fucking death holding Saya going, tell us who it was, tell us who it was. And Utami's in the background going, don't tell her, don't tell her who it is, don't tell her who it is. And Saya's like, I can't, I won't. And she survives it and doesn't tell them. I thought that was great, um, but that's quite literally all there is to talk about in this match, in my opinion, Matt. I had a little more. Obviously, Utami and Saya, they're they're top of the card. Um, you know, Queen's Quest. I thought Saki looked excellent here. I thought they did a good job, you know, making her... And this is exactly what you want to do in a match. Uh, you know, Utami and Saya are main eventers. Saki, you know, for a better term, as good as she is. You know, she's a, a middle-of-the-card, lower-card person. And they build her up, especially Saya in this match. She builds her up. She gives her a lot. She sells for her really well. So now you're building up your opponent, and then what's the finish? The finish is Saya hitting her finish, one of her finishes, on Saki. So it's literally the perfect match where let's build this person up, make them look them make them look like maybe they belong in the main event or close to a main event. So you build them up during the match and then you beat them. So that in return, your opponent looks good, so you look better. So that's kind of the psychology here. But yeah, I mean it was it was a, again a solid work match. I thought they did a good job getting Saki over. And I just I'm loving we're getting a lot of Utami and Saya on these uh, last few tours, and I'm just loving them together. Obviously, I, there's a hole in my heart for, uh, you know, Momo and Izumi, who are probably my favorite tag team in stardom since Thunder Rock. So, uh, 
but I think Utami and Sire are really, they've been hitting on a lot of big levels here. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, n- I'm never going to turn down the opportunity to watch an Aphrodite match. Saki, you know, I talk about it seemingly every podcast, how underrated she is. Um, hopefully, this year will be the year where she goes for a singles championship and actually wins. I, I doubt it, but who knows? Who knows? Um, we then move on to the fourth match, a singles match. Tam Nakano defeating uh, Cosmic Angel's stablemate, May Sakurai, with the Tiger Suplex in nine minutes and 57 seconds. I spoke, Matt, last week when the match was announced about how there was a little bit of negativity surrounding the thought of this match. And you said, well, you know, she's in there with Tam. I'm, I'm quietly hopeful. I'm interested to know, what do you think coming out of this match? It really, again, I kind of, kind of buried uh, my, you know, talking about her, our May talking about her uh, a few minutes ago in the last match. Obviously, that's, you know, not what I'm here to do. But I think I texted you as soon as this match was over. I said, you're going to be shocked, you know, how good this match is. By no means it's a four-star classic. But again, I kind of bagging on her strikes and how terrible they were in the three-way the night before. This was completely different. This is completely different. And again, maybe I have my rose-colored glasses on because I just absolutely love everything Tam does. But right from the beginning, Tam is just kicking and forearming, kicking and forearming uh, my... And again, if you're getting hit that hard, you have to hit back. You have to hit back hard, or if not, that person's just not going to sell for you. You know, if somebody hits you with a piece of bread and you sell it, it's just like, well, how phony is that? And my really brings it. I mean, she brings it. I think this was this was... The night before was the worst match I've ever seen her in. And this was by far the best match I've ever seen her in. And again, it's just Tam taking care of her own. Tam has had the best match, you know, obviously, uh, arguably the best Unagi singles match she had was with Tam and, you know, maybe Mina as well. It's just, I think Tam just really taking care of, of, of her own, making sure that everybody looks good. And May got a lot in. For someone who's, you know, going for in a three-way to go for a title shot for the, you know, for the, for the red belt, she gave my Sakurai a lot here. And I really liked that she did kind of like a Lance Storm spot where she did like the roll through crab and then she turned it into the STF. And she did a lot of her big moves. A lot of big moves um, onto, uh, onto Tam where there's a couple, you know, near falls where just like, oh, geez, like they're really going to give her a 2.9 count. And they gave her a couple. And I thought the finish was really good. She gets two. I'm a big fan of when somebody hits two big moves in a row, you know, the violent shooting into the Tiger suplex. I thought this was really good. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And again, I, as soon as the match was over, I picked up the phone and texted you. So was I off on uh, on how, how uh, over, you know, exceeding this match was? Oh, completely exceeded my expectations. Admittedly, and I'm, you know, I feel a little bit harsh now. I did have very meager expectations, but it, it definitely exceeded. I mean, you mentioned that violet shooting. What a bloody violet shooting that was. Um, she proper clattered into May with it. It was brilliant. Um, May looked significantly better here. I was forcibly reminded of uh, Momo and Sayat. And it was back in, I believe, Stardom is again back in June 2020 when Sire first joined Queen's Quest. And they did a Queen's Quest versus Queen's Quest tag match. And basically, Momo is hitting Sire harder and harder, forcing her to meet that level of aggression as though to say, right, you're in Queen's Quest now, prove your damn self. And that is what this reminded me of because you've got Tam actively 
shaking a head at one point. Like, what are these strikes? Hit me harder. Hit me like you mean to hit me. And eventually May rose to that challenge and started properly thumping Tam. And I thought that was a really, really good story to tell. And of course, Tam's going to win, you know, and of course, Tam is stronger than May, so it makes sense. But May proved herself. She looked far more at ease in a singles match than I've seen her before. And trust me, Matt, it's not the worst match that you've uh, seen May Sakurai in if you've seen that Future of Sardom match with Yunagi from Corrigan Hall. Uh, that was dreadful. Um, I, did, I, I did not, but I did read it in your book. Uh, I guess a quick <laughs> little show for your book. I was kind of just flipping through it, and you're like, this is like the worst Sardom match I've ever seen done. And I was like, oh. And then like I think it was like an hour later, I put that match on, and I'm like, all right, well, you know... <laughs> Tam just getting the best out of people, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, this this worked with what they were trying to do. Still think the main needs to come up with a different finisher. However, she did have some sort of transition rocker dropper, almost like the um, the showstopper, um, which I thought was really cool. So hopefully she can use that as a finisher instead of um, instead of the diving elbow drop. I know she has the the Argentine face, but the sorry double underarm face buster as well that she uses, but. I just, I'm sick of seeing that elbow drop. That elbow drop's dreadful. But overall, completely surpassed my expectations. And I thought it was interesting what they did at the end. Uh, Nakano, you know, basically thanking May for the hard work that she's done um, and offers her handout. And May says, thank you. Um, you know, thank you for wrestling me today. Um, I've had my feelings hardened, um, but I did lose today. So... I won't say anything, and I'll make it clear soon, and she leaves. Now, I know, obviously, she's been courted by Julia, ironically, having just beaten her up for God knows how long with uh, the Momo masks. Um, but she's been courted by Julia, and she's also been courted by Saki. Um, so I personally wouldn't have May um, go to either of those units. I mean, DDM, if they have any more members, they could... they're going to explode. No, we the tie, as we've mentioned before, have 863 members already. So... In my opinion, she's she's just got to stay where she is. You know, there's that crisis of confidence here. That's fine. Don't have a leave. I mean, would you well, like to see a leave? Well, here, here's what it does. It puts an interesting uh, take on it. First of all, she joins DDM. They now become a weed of tie. Because now they might be able to have a 15 versus 15 person elimination <laughs> match. Uh, well, I, again, so here's what it does. So it's like you see May Sakurai in a match. Just, you know, after six, you know, say it's uh, Tam... Mina and May versus uh, Hazuki, Koguma, and Mayu. I'm just saying that because that's my favorite uh, trio. So it's just like, all right, well, you have these, you know, you, you have your, your 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 stars, you know, not, not the faction stars. You have, you know, your Mayu, your Hazuki, your Tam. But you're, like, you're kind of not paying attention to May. Now we're going to because it's like, well, what if she turns on Tam, especially if it's in a, in a Weedle tie match versus a Weedle tie or if it's against, you know, uh, DDM. So now it's like you're putting an extra wrinkle where it's like you kind of wouldn't pay attention to her. You know, she kind of gets lost in the shuffle when it comes to these six-person and eight-person tag matches in Cosmic Angels. But now it's like we're going to be paying extra special attention to her because is she going to turn this week? Is she going to turn next month? Is she going to turn the month after that? So I think that was really smart. I don't think she's going to leave just again because it's just like all these other members, they have so many people. But it's that it now it just gives an extra extra wrinkle, you know, towards her storyline. It's like, is she gonna turn during the match? Is she gonna turn after the match? Is she gonna do something a little subtle where it's just like dropping little hints that she's gonna turn? So I thought it's really smart booking on stardom because now you kind of just raise up the stakes to see what she's gonna do. 
Absolutely. We'll see where that goes. Um, we move on to the semi-main event of this show, which was the six-woman tag team match with the stars team of Mayu Iwatani, Hazuki, and Kogama defeating the Uwidatai team of Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, and Ruwaka, with Kogama getting another side roll-up victory in 13 minutes and 31 seconds. Uh, Matt, was this better than their DDM efforts, or was this still a bit disappointing from Uwidatai? I thought this was really good. I thoroughly enjoyed this match. Uh, I'm a uh, Momo versus. I always say when they do these six people, six person matches or eight, there's always like an exchange that I always write down. Like I want to see that in a singles, and that's Suzuki and Momo. Um, I'm pretty sure that that when Momo had, you would know better than me, when Momo had that legendary white belt run, I think she had a defense against Suzuki. Um, so I'm actually you know intrigued to go back and watch that. But I mean, this is obviously different. Now you have Momo as like the clear heel. Suzuki, the clear baby face. So I would love to see, you know, a 14, 15 minute match between the two of them. Starlight Kid, she's very explosive. Like everything she does is so explosive and it makes sense for her character. One, she's a heel. She's got to be more aggressive. Two, she's typically one of the smaller people in the ring. So it makes sense for her to be more explosive. So um, not only that, but I, I, we got to get an answer to the question is when are we ever going to see a nice, 10, 15-minute match between Mayu and Starlight Kid. Ever since Starlight Kid, we go, correct me if I'm wrong, or ever since she turned and joined a Weedle tie, the only one-on-one singles match we got was uh, was from the five-star, which went like eight minutes. Am I correct? That's correct. Final night. Um, yeah. Which, admittedly, that, you know, that did have the story. That was, you know, Mayu still proving that she was ahead of Starlight Kid, also eliminating her, and as well as eliminating her, taking her place as second in the block. So... I imagine that's something that they will build to later on. Um, I What I think will happen is they are going to wait till one or the other holds a bigger belt. So whether it's the white belt or whether it's the red belt and say Starlight Kid wins the white belt, it wouldn't surprise me if Mayu goes for it and Starlight Kid beats her. Um, but it, yeah, it's, um, it's a shame that they've put that feud on ice. But I think with everything that they're doing with Momo at the moment, it's hard to have those two storylines going at the same time. Yeah, true. But no, I thoroughly enjoyed the match, but that's just seeing their interact. And not only that, but like there was a spot where Mayu was selling on the outside and selling brilliantly, as we allude to all the time. And Starlight Kid was kind of just like, it was just like one little thing, almost like a throwaway thing. She was kind of like taunting her. And then Mayu kind of like rose up a little bit, kind of like The Undertaker, and just looked at her like, I'm going to take your head off. And I'm like, oh man, when do we get this match? It's been... You know, how long now? It's been almost a year. Well, not a year, maybe eight, nine months since she turned. And it's just like, yeah, I understand why it's on the back burner. And it probably won't take them too long to to build build back up to that, you know, one big match. But, yeah, I mean, if you're going to build towards it, it would maybe make sense if there's a title on the line or a number one contendership on the line. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see where it goes. Obviously, they're they're going to go there. But, like, I just can't wait till they do it. Post-match, we then, very, very strangely, it was almost straight after the bell, uh, Momo Kogo comes out and basically says, I I want to join Stars. Can I join Stars? And Mayu, who seems a little bit taken aback, um, just basically says to Hazuki and Kagame, what do you think? Do you think she should join? And they say yes. And Momo, Ko- uh, Momo Kogo is the newest member of Stars. Um with her being a very, very good babyface from underneath, uh, I think this makes perfect sense uh, in terms of unit placement, Matt. 
100% perfect sense. I would have maybe, I mean, I don't know if they want to string it out a little bit more. I would have been like, Mayu would have said like, look, you have a trial series. You have to, you're going to have to wrestle all the members uh, in singles matches on, you know, on, you know, different shows. And then we'll go from there. And maybe it's say something where it's like, you know, the last person she, obviously she loses, but like the last person she wrestles is Mayu. Mayu beats her. And then says like, look, hey, here's the deal. We got a, uh, an eight person tag match coming up against a Weedle tie. I'm just throwing it out there. You know, we want you to be the fourth person. So say it's uh, Ruaka, Saki, Kid, Momo versus Mayu, Hazuki, uh, Koguma, and uh, and uh, Momo Koga. And then say like Momo Koga gets the win, and like that would be her initiation to get into stars. I would have. That's the way I would have done it. But at the same time, I agree, it's absolutely perfect. The perfect place for her to be. She has that connection to the crowd, the way that everybody in stars does. And again, and they basically said that, you know, her teacher is going to be Hazuki. And like, again, we pointed out to before a few minutes ago, her weakest thing was the strikes. And if Hazuki is going to be the one, you know, quote unquote, going to be the one teaching her. Well, Hazuki's, in my opinion, and Mayu's a great striker, but I think Hazuki's the best striker in all of stars and one of the, the best ones in all of stardom. So it's like, well, if that's the person you're learning under and the biggest hole in your game that we saw from earlier is your strikes. That's a pretty goddamn good teacher to be uh, to be teaching you. So yeah, I think this was that was a, it was a perfect fit. I just kind of wish maybe like if she earned her spot in stars is all. If I'm gonna be nitpicky, I mean to be perfectly honest, I imagine they will pull her through her paces with a seven match trial series anyway because they did that with Unagi, they did that with May, they did that uh, with Waka, so and with Lady C as well. So it wouldn't surprise me if there is some manner of trial series. Um, but again, we'll uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, match six, the main event. Of course, this was initially supposed to be a Donna Del Mondo six-woman tag, but of course, with Himika's absence and Tekla being bumped down the card, it became just a tag team match. Uh, it ended in a 30-minute time limit draw between the team of Julia and Mirai and Suri and Micah. Slightly disappointingly, Matt, we got no inclination and no sort of, uh, sort of anything in regards to a DDM Civil War. No, not yet. Maybe they were waiting for that sixth person. Um, obviously, I think 30-minute time limit is where they wanted to go all the way with this one. So the 30-minute time limit, I thought certain parts, it kind of was well-paced. Certain parts, it kind of dragged out because there's supposed to be maybe people in there. But I thought it served, again, this was the last match we're going to see, you know, going into the pay-per-view. And the main purpose was it was to serve as an appetizer of uh, Mirai versus Shuri. And uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. There's a lot of really good exchanges. It seemed like that they have really good chemistry from the little bit they gave us and the uh, the striking exchange is really good the submission exchange is really good so I, I think eventually we will see the civil war you know the breaking up the cracks through ddm maybe this wasn't the place for it you know i'm not sure but the i think the bigger story coming out of it was i'm thoroughly more excited and i was pretty excited going into the main event for the 29th but i'm even more excited to see that sherry versus uh Mirai match yeah, I mean, once I'd, once I'd seen that match with the Wii Tie on the first night, I was a bit like, oh, maybe they're throwing Mariah in a bit a bit prematurely. But here, I'm, you know, those doubts were eradicated. I thought she was brilliant here. Um, absolutely with you 100%. I thought parts of the match were pretty slow. But I think the last 15 minutes really, really ramped up. The exchanges between Suri and uh, Mariah were absolutely outstanding. Um, Julia and Suri, you know, we very, very rarely see them against each other. In fact, I don't think we've seen them against each other in a singles match since oof, um, Osaka in 2020. So, or was it Yokohama? It, it might have even been Yokohama. It was a long time ago. Um, 
tell you when it was. It was a time limit draw in Sendai. I knew I'd get it eventually. Um, but it's been a long time since we've seen that, and obviously we're so used to seeing them team up as members of ALK that that was an interesting dynamic as well, with Suri having taken the red belt that you know so many pegged Julia as getting in 2021, and it's been Suri that gets there first. You know, and she's constantly mentioning about being the person to get the belt. You know, she's pointing out that Mike is going for the goddess belt. Mariah's going for the red belt. Suri has the red belt. Himika wants the red belt. She's so belt obsessed at the moment that that could be something later on that drives a wedge between the two members of uh, the two sides, sorry, of DDM because Julia's obsession to get that belt, you know, get that red belt. Um, the strikes were great. Um, again, a couple of iffy moments, but I'm not going to point them out. I thought it was decent enough. Um, overall, Matt, if I had to push you for a rating, what would you give it? I'll go three and a quarter. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I'd go three and a quarter as well. I, it wasn't as good as the Stars match from the first night. So I think with that in mind, three and a quarter is fair enough. Just struggling a bit with timing. 30 minutes is a long time for them to go, to be perfectly honest. I'm surprised the time limit wasn't 20, um, because I'm sure it usually is for tag teams. But there we are. Maybe I'm being a little bit picky. Um, Before we go, then, um, we have the 1st of February... February, sorry, easy for me to say, Corican show that has been announced. The card has been announced. So I'm just going to go through that very, very briefly with you now. So we have got the pages taking a decade to load. I apologize. I did have this open in preparation, but it took ages. There we go. So we open with a three-way battle between Hanan, Wakasukiyama, and Fukikin Death. And you know what we say on this podcast. It's more than one. It's more than a singles match. And it's opening the show, which means Fukikin Death is absolutely winning that match. Um, we've got singles match then between Mina Shirakawa and Saki Kashima. Uh, Six-woman tag team action with the DDM team of Himika Maika and Suri taking on the Oida Tai team of Momo Watanabe, the returning Rina and Ruwaka. We then move up to the eight-woman tag with the stars team of Mayu Iwitani, Hazuki, Kogama, and Momo Kogo taking on the Queen's Quest team of Yutami, Sayakamatani, Azumi, and Lady C. The main event... Part of that one. That's going to be Yeah, that's going to be excellent because you're going to see like Lady C still new in Queen's Quest and Momo is brand new in Stars and plus everybody else in the match is fantastic. I'm really looking forward to that one. Semi-main is the DDM team of Julia, Mirai and Tekla taking on the Cosmic Angels team of Tamnakana, Yanagi Sayaka and Mei Sakurai. And then our main event is a high-speed championship rematch between Starlight Kid the champion and the returning Natsupoi. Um, so, obviously the main event is going to be very tasty. Um, obviously, you've already mentioned the Stars and Queen's Quest match. I'm intrigued by this six-woman tag, the DDM versus Cosmic Angel six-woman tag. I'm intrigued for two reasons. One, obviously, we've got the future of May Sakurai up in the air at the moment. And then secondly, I'm intrigued to see what Tekla will be like when she's not partnered with Julia. So in a multi-woman setting, maybe having Tekla, Micah, and Himika, or something like that, because obviously Tekla is a very acquired 
taste, I get the feel. You know, very, very hyperactive. Super fun to watch, but very hyperactive. And Julia's used to that. Obviously, they were friends in Ice Ribbon. But I'm intrigued to see how the other members of DDM wrestle with her because it's been that trio, hasn't it, since they debuted. It's been Julia, Mariah, and Tekla. We've seen very few, if any, other versions of DDM with those two in it. So I'm intrigued to see where that goes. I'm also, obviously, this main event... They've had one very, very, very good match in March last year, Starlight Kid and Natsupoi. They then had... The match where Starlight Kid took the belt from Natsupoi was... I was I was undecided about it. In-ring quality, you cannot possibly say that the match isn't going to be good. It's going to be fantastic because, because both Starlight Kid and Natsupoi are fantastic. However, that match went 20 minutes. A high-speed match should never go 20 minutes. And they started to wrestle that match like it was an ordinary wrestling match. Now, the moment you do that, the high-speed championship loses its identity and just becomes another belt. You don't want that, okay? Let the wonder of stardom, the world of stardom, the tag team belts, the artist belts, let those belts do that job. The high-speed belt is your seven, eight, nine-minute absolute speed demon match, okay? My only concern is with that being in the main event, I know it's a title match, but with that being the main event, are we going to see just an ordinary wrestling match? What do you think, Matt? Well, I mean, usually your main event is the match that goes on the longest, but at the same time, you have these six and eight person tag matches. So maybe it's like, well, you know, the eight one goes close to 20, the two sixes maybe go 16, 17, and then maybe you have this one go seven or eight where it's an absolute banger. So maybe you kind of flip it a little, but you're putting the high-speed title on last. So already, you're already putting a nice big shit. You're already raising the belt. You know, obviously, the, you know, the, the two big belts are the white and the red. And then depending on how you feel about tag team wrestling, I absolutely love tag team wrestling, especially the who the tag belts were on for a good majority of last year and who they're on now. Uh, that raises that raises the stakes on, that, on uh, those belts. But you're putting this on last, so you already, you know, you're kind of establishing that, like, hey, let's try to make this a main event belt from time to time. And if you, yeah, again, if you go 15, 16, 17 minutes, it's high speed. You're kind of killing the gimmick, you know, like you said, losing the luster. But I think if you give it, if it just goes seven or eight after you built up the card going in, I think this would be a great way to close the show if you just do a shorter main event. And it would make sense. Because it's between Natsupoi, it's between Starlight Kid, and it's for the high-speed belt. So uh, I'm hoping that's the way it goes. I'm, that's, that, that's the way it goes. But yeah, all these matches, they, they seem interesting. And I'm really interested because I to see another Momo versus Shiri clash. Because I believe that uh, they're going to be on opposite sides of the uh, of a six-person tag match as well. So yeah, it's a short show. I mean, there's not that many matches. But everyone looks really, really good. Yeah, definitely. Putting the high-speed at the top of a Corrigan card is, you know, Definitely put in uh, put in a lot of stall in that match. Do you think Starlight Kid walks out of that match as the victor, or do you think Natsupoi gets um, gets the belt back? Oh, geez, Starlight Kid's done so much with that belt, but at the same time, it's like you know you, we kind of alluded to before that maybe the slow the slow burn towards a, a Starlight Kid versus Mayu match, and what if it's you know we're talking about who Saya is going to lose the white belt, and we're thinking it's going to be you know Micah, but what if it's the Starlight Kid? Uh jeez. I'm going to say 52% Natsupoi wins. 
40 some odd percent that uh starlight kid wins and whatever's left over on the math time limit drop <laughs> <laughs> well, well it's a 30 minute time limit oh my god if it goes to a 30 minute time limit drawer i might cry um in all seriousness i i do think starlight kid retains um it wouldn't surprise me if obviously the match before is the DDM versus Cosmic Angels match, it wouldn't surprise me if in that match Tekla gets the victory and then challenges for the high speed belt. Obviously, we've seen a lot of Starlight Kid versus um, Tekla in the run up to Nagoya Supreme Fight. If Mina takes the belt, the SWA belt in Nagoya, it wouldn't surprise me to see Tekla challenge for the high speed belt because. I mean, Starlight's run through everyone, aside from the Azumi rematch, um, which, you know, the one-on-one rematch, which I'm hoping we'll get at the February show. It wouldn't surprise me if Tackle is the next challenger. Um, but we'll see. Yes, sir. Right, and with that, oh my God, Matt, we've actually followed through on what we've said. It is a shorter episode this week. Oh my God, who'd have thought it? Yeah, there's one thing we, we were going to mention last week and we forgot to, and we, we before we taped, we were going to uh, mention it, and we forgot we, we forgot to, but let's get it in. Who is the mystery person that Sayakamatani knows who it is that's going to be revealed uh, this Saturday? Ah, that is a very, very good point. Um, huh. Well, I know that some people think that it is absolutely not Hikaru Shida and made a point of telling us that it absolutely will not be Hikaru Shida, so maybe not her. But it, but it is pro wrestling, so that may mean it is Hikaru Shida. That is true, and I'm not going to lie. Um, you know, AJ Styles said he wasn't turning up at the 2016 Royal Rumble, and look where we are now. Um, so, uh, now we I, mean, thought- uh, I mean, it's the Royal Rumble. But week. there's been rumors the last 24 hours that she's going to be in the Rumble. Exactly. She's going to be in the Rumble, and it's it's the same day. It's the same day. Uh, yeah, and I'm watching the Rumble live as well. So if Carrie Hojo comes out, that's my pick spoiled. If she doesn't come out... um, Well, this match will happen. This 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 The stardom show will happen first. This is going to be like very early Saturday morning where the Rumble is going to be Saturday night. Oh, no, so, I am completely... Staying off Twitter. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. No, no, no. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm, I'm totally gonna mess with you. I'm gonna be like it was hacks. <laughs> I'm gonna be like, oh my god, it was hacksaw Jim Duggan. Holy <laughs> Jesus! I can't wait. Oh man, I'm gonna mess with you. the last podcast. <laughs> Just completely spam the show. <laughs> um. Yeah. I've, honestly, I'm. Uh, I'm hoping it's not hacksaw Jim Duggan because I really don't like hacksaw Jim Duggan. Wow. Oh man, he's like the. He does a lot of local indies like around me, and he's like the nicest guy. Oh, like, I imagine cool, so. Just the coolest, funniest guy. Just not that I want to talk about hacksaw Jim Duggan on the start of podcast. So somebody, I was on a show like five or six years ago, and someone told me he's like, "Hey, hacksaw, what do you think your best move is?" He's like, "Of all time, probably either a kick or a punch." Kickest <laughs> 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 man. At least he knows. At least he owns it. I just couldn't stand the hacks or Jim Duggan gimmick. Um, but I have heard he is like the nicest guy. Um, do you know what? I'm going to go balls out, Carrie Hojo. It, it it would just imagine the pop if Carrie Hojo walks out. It would be insane. Um, it probably isn't going to be. Um, I mean, is it Siori Anu? I, I think her name is pronounced that way. If it's not, I'm sure someone will correct me. Um, 
I don't see it being Sheeta. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest. Um, I don't see it being Tony Storm um, because of the 90-day non-compete. Um, I think anyone other than that, you know, obviously I'm not overly familiar with um, with the Japanese uh, wrestling scene, you know, outside of stardom. So, you know, it could be someone from, you know, another person from Ice Ribbon or something like that. But we'll see. Um if I'm going with my gut, it's Kairi Hojo. I assume you're the same, are you, Matt? Yeah, up until, again, it was a lot of um, really good Amer- uh, reporters in the States saying that uh, that she's been tapped. There's a good possibility she's going to be in the Rumble. Um, so, I, like I said, I just saw that less than 24 hours ago. That's why I was like, we have to make mention to it. But, I mean, yeah, Tony Storm will be tough. She just said it wasn't going to be her, which, again, if Vince Russo was booking, that means it's huh. definitely going to be her. But now I just don't know because I was like, "What's well, going to be Sheeta or Kari Hojo?" And now it's just like with Sheeta saying, "No, she doesn't want to wrestle anybody from Stardom." Um, I don't know. I, I, you know, I'm so dumbfounded. I have no idea. But I guess I, you know what? Just to be on the same side with you because seems like we agree on a lot. Yeah, it's going to be. Yeah, let's let's manifest it because that's who we want it to be. Let's let's be honest. Out of everybody that's been rumored, who do you want it to be the most? Kari, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the only yeah. problem is now. If it's not Kyrie, we're going to be really, really disappointed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come on. We built, up, we built it up in our heads so much that it was going to be her. So it's just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to be Yoki, Yoko Bido. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm all about her. But I'm like, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, Come exactly. on. coming out of retirement. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, imagine if it's just like Natsu Sumire. And I, I want to see Natsu Sumire again. I really do. But. You know, they've built it up. Don't be don't just be something like that. Um right, just a little bit on our recording schedule and then we'll leave you alone. So our next Patreon episode, which is the top ten hidden gems of twenty twenty one, will be dropping for our patrons, our white belt and red belt patrons, on the second of February at six PM British Standard Time. Um, next Sunday at 11pm British Standard Time you will be getting our review of Nagoya Supreme Fight um, and whoever this mystery person will be Um, and then on the Wednesday the 16th of February we will be dropping to our white and red belt patrons our Rio Goku Cinderella Champions Fiesta 2013 review as well um, thank you so much for listening, guys. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. You can check us out on Twitter at the Stardom Cast, on Facebook, uh, the Stardom Cast. Um, you can join our Patreon, Patreon, sorry, at patreon.com forward slash the Stardom Cast. Go and check out our shirts on our Teespring store again in the podcast description. Join our Discord server where we've got lots of people talking all things Stardom. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at at RealRobGoodwin. Matt, where can they find you? Search on the Twitter and or the Instagram, uh, MattTurnerOF. Any questions, comments, um, you guys looking to book me, I'm going to be back taking bookings again. Uh, My lingering shoulder injury has pretty much gone away, and I'm fully vaccinated. I was kind of just waiting for the the booster shot. So anybody looking uh, to book me, just um, hit me up on there. Um, We appreciate all the comments. We've been getting a lot of... uh, positive comments a lot of really good constructive criticism and uh, a nice little thumbs up from starlight kids so uh we also we appreciate any and all comments that are thrown our way 
Absolutely. And we've got a surprise coming your way um, at the start of March. So we'll let you guys know a little bit more about that then. Until then, guys, thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.